Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Have you ever heard the old saying, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed? Most of us would probably agree that sounds about right, and yet research shows that 50% Americans say they have less than three friends they feel like they can call on when needed. Maybe you can relate. So what do we do about that? How do we find meaningful connection, and how does God factor in all of this? The Bible says we're made for connection, but we often don't know where to start to find it. Let's explore that and more together in our current series, Connected, and continue the Upward Journey. Well, good morning. How's everybody doing today? It is so good to see you today. We are so glad that you are here uh, this morning, and welcome to our own version of Legoland. It looks great, doesn't it? Oh, man. Hey, we're going to talk about this in just a moment, but I do want to uh, give you a quick update. Uh, as we've done the last several weeks, want to give you an update uh, with Pastor Andy and his family. In case uh, you didn't hear over the course of this week, uh, his mother did go home to be with the Lord on Wednesday uh, of this past week. And so while we do grieve and loss, we also celebrate uh, the fact that today she is enjoying her eternal reward in heaven. Amen. Amen. And so uh, yesterday, uh, they did a funeral service uh, to honor her uh, in High Point back at her home church. And so uh, uh, today, later on today, Pastor Andy and his family, they will be making their way uh, back home. Uh, That was a little bit of a journey away. So what we have also decided to do is this upcoming Tuesday, in case you haven't heard, on Tuesday night from 5 to 7.30, we're going to do a visitation here uh, for those here in the Henderson County area. So if you would like to uh, swing by uh, on Tuesday night from 5 to 7.30, uh, to be able to kind of come by, come see uh, Pastor Andy and his family, Alexa, uh, Michael, and uh, Daniela, and Becca, and Jimmy, and Tracy, and Allie. If you'd like to come by, uh, just kind of give them a hug around the neck, let them know how much you uh, love them and appreciate them. Uh, we want to invite you to come and be a part of that. It'll be right back here uh, in the auditorium. And then uh, next week, uh, Pastor Andy will be back here in pocket uh, preaching God's Word to us. And I know you're excited about that as well. But uh, on the back side of that as well, allow me to say this. Thank you for the way, uh, just as from him, these are, these are his words. Thank Thank you for the way that you have loved and prayed for their family over the last several weeks. Uh, thank you for the way that you have reached out to them and, uh, and cared for them during this time. It means so much to them. It means so much to all of us, uh, the way that you guys have wrapped your arms around them. So thank you so much for supporting them. And then we look forward to uh, him, him and his family rejoining us this upcoming week. Yes? Yes. <laughs> all right. Hey, but today we are kicking off a brand new series that we are calling uh, Connected. And I don't know about you, but man, I love the way the stage looks. Specifically, I'm loving this guy right here. <laughs> this is, hey, hey, this was, this was not purchased. All of this stuff was built. Pastor Matt, uh, Chris West, and some of our creative team, man, they spent uh, this week getting the place ready. They did such a great job. I'm so thankful for them and their creativity because I couldn't do this at all, all right? Uh, but, man, we are so thankful for those guys and the way that they, uh, man, just continue to serve and uh, to serve our church, to serve God and their creativity. But, man, I am loving uh, Legoland. And I don't know about you, but, man, uh, anybody who has had uh, kids growing up in their home, chances are you have enjoyed Legos in your home at some point in time. I even know adults who like to play with Legos still. 
Yep, right here. <laughs> That's all right. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. Don't be ashamed. It's okay to play with Legos, all right? Hey, uh, but uh, so Legos are a lot of fun. But here's the deal. Back in 1932, there was a carpenter from Denmark. His name was Ole uh, Kurt Christensen. And he was a fantastic carpenter. And he began to use his skills to make uh, wooden toys for his children. And uh, he got kind of popular, and his kids were enjoying it. He started making a few more, and uh, people began to get word about uh, these amazing toys that he was making. And so uh, he began to be, kind of formulate a little bit of a business uh, during that time and started selling these toys off. The problem was is that the price of wood uh, started going through the roof. And so him and his team were getting together trying to figure out uh, ways to be able to keep the business going. And so they started tinkering around with the idea of making plastic blocks that would have the ability to connect together. And so out of that, they named their business Lego, uh, which means play well in Danish. And since then, generations have enjoyed playing with these little Lego blocks. And generations of parents have uh, stepped on them in the middle of the night with great pain. <laughs> Yes, yes, you know all about it. I do too. Oh, man. But they went from Lego blocks to specific designs and creations. And so I jumped on to a Lego's website to kind of figure out some of the ones that were popular or maybe some even the largest ones. And so what we've got today, I wanted to kind of talk to you a little bit about the top four that were the largest design displays that you can buy from Lego right now and the number of pieces that it is. The first one uh, that we have right here is the Millennium Falcon. And that bad boy right there is over 7,000. Lego pieces to put that thing together. 7,000. I would not sit down and do that at all. All right. Because I don't know how long that would take. All right. That's the fourth largest one. The third largest one is the Roman Colosseum. And that one right there is just over 9,000 pieces. Yeah, buddy. All right. The second largest one, according to the Lego website, this one you may recognize, is the Titanic. All right. And that one right there is about 9,500 pieces is that one right there. But the largest one, the largest one by far, according to Lego's website, is this one right here. It is the world map, all right? And that one right there has over 11,000 Lego pieces that it takes to put together that particular design. That makes me cringe just looking at it, all right? I don't have the time or the patience to be able to mess with that. But man, Lego didn't just start, uh, stop with these specific designs and blocks, right? They went on to make games. They went on to uh, ha have video games. They also went on to have movies that were made about Legos. And now there are even Legoland amusement parks where you can go and you can go spend hard-earned money to be able to ride rides and enjoy events and places where Lego is the theme. And to think that it all started with a simple plastic block created to be able to interlock with another piece. So why are we talking about Legos? Why do we have the stage designed this way? Why do we have, and why are we spending time and energy to talk about Legos? It's because you and I have something in common with Lego blocks. Just like Legos, you and I were designed to be created and to connect together. You see, you were not created to do life alone. You were not created to go through life on your own. You were not created to be isolated. You were not created uh, to just kind of wander our way through life, not being able to experience any kind of connection with anybody else. You and I were created to be connected. We are designed to have meaningful friendships, to have meaningful relationships. We were created not to do life alone. The problem is, if we're honest, is that we're not always very good at being and remaining and staying connected with others. 
with the advancement of technology, we have more opportunities to be connected than any generation in history. Distance is no longer a factor when it comes to being connected with somebody. It used to take weeks for a letter to be delivered. And now with the power of an email or a text message, we can send it in just a few seconds. It used to, take, it used to be weeks or months before you could see somebody from a long distance away. And now with the power of FaceTime and video chats, all you have to do is pick up the phone or log on to a computer and you can see somebody instantly. With all the advancement in technology, you would think that we would be more, more connected. But the problem is, is that even with all the advancement in technology, we have become one of the most disconnected generations that the world has ever known. There's pollster who's a guy by the name of George Gallup, and uh, he's known mainly for doing polls and statistics. He's gotten pretty popular about it. And here's what he recently commented after a recent survey. He said, Americans are among the loneliest people in the world. As I surveyed Americans, I realized that they are lonely people. In the midst of busy lives, overcommitted schedules, and congested cities, we feel alone. We drive on overcrowded freeways, sit in jam-packed airplanes, and eat in noisy restaurants, but we are still lonely. What I believe to be true about us is that we don't really have a, a problem finding people to be around. Uh, we we, we, we kind of find ourselves in a sea of humanity when we work. We come into places like this on a Thursday night or a Sunday morning, and we sit and we worship with hundreds of people, and yet we can still feel lonely. We can still feel alone. Why is that? It's because we don't do any kind of real connection. And when we choose to live that way, we are missing out on one of the purposes that we were created and designed for. You see, we are created to connect. When you and I were created, when you and I uh, were designed, when you and I were born, we were created by our creator to connect. And here at Upward, we believe so much in that that it became one of our five values that we believe was one of the marks of a disciple. We call it authentic relationships where we are going to live in such a way that we are doing life with people, that we are, we are real. We don't, we don't put on a mask, but man, we really are who we are and we come alongside people and we do life together. And we believe so much in that that we want to create opportunities and environments for all of us to be able to experience authentic relationships because we believe that we were created to connect. So let me ask you a question. As we get started today, who are you connected with? Who, who are you doing life with? Who are the people in your life that, that you can be who you really are with them, that you don't have to hide, you don't have to pretend, but man, you just throw it all out there and say, this is who I am. Who is it that you're connecting with? Over the next few weeks as we go through this series, that's going to be the question that's going to be asked. That's, that's what our focus is going to be on. It's about how do we create opportunities? How do we live our lives in such a way where we find ourselves connected with others? And today... As we lay the foundation, as we begin this series, we want us all to understand that we are created to connect. And so if we want to focus in on this idea that we're created to connect, and we want to be able to hold on to this truth and realize that it really is a truth, and that it's for our benefit that we live in such a way that we are connected with others, it probably would do us some good to go back to when human beings were created. It would do us some good to go back to the time period when God created everything. So we're going to go back to Genesis chapter 1. And if you've been around Scripture, you've been around the Bible, you've been around church at all, you, would, you probably will remember that in Genesis 1 we get the story of how the world was created, about how everything was created through our Creator, through God. That He created the heavens and the earth. He created the sky, created the land, created the water, created the sun, the moon, the stars. He created the birds and the fish and the land animals. He created plants and vegetation. He created it all. Everything that we see, everything that we know, God created 
And then it came to the time period where he was going to create human beings, where he was going to create man. And here's what it says in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make human beings in our image to be like us. When I read this verse, there's a couple of things that stand out to me. And the first thing that we're going to pay attention to is this. God said, let us. God said, let us. Who is the us? <laughs> like, what's going on here? The very beginning when there's nothing else, God's sitting there saying, let us. And he says, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Who, who is God referring to here when he says us? When these words, us, let us, in our image, be like us, when he says those words right there, when these words are recorded, it is a reference back to something that we call the Trinity. You see, we believe that it's one God in three persons, that it's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, that it's not three separate gods, but it's one God made up in three persons. We like to say oftentimes right here that it's one what and three who's. The what is God, and the who's are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That there is a relationship, that there is a community built within the Trinity. And it doesn't just show up for the first time in verse 26. It actually shows up for the first time in the very first verse of the Bible. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says this in the first four words. It says, in the beginning, God. That word God right there is really important. It's actually a Hebrew word right there that says Elohim. Why don't y'all say that back to me so you feel a little educated this morning. Elohim. See, y'all are smart people. I knew y'all could do this, all right? Elohim. The powerful part about this word, Elohim, is this, is that grammatically, it's a plural word used as if it were singular. There is something here in the, written into the text in this word Elohim that refers back to more than one. You see, at the very beginning, we are shown that God is relational that he did not exist in isolation. He existed from the very beginning in community with the Trinity. Before you and I begin to take an inward look at us and how we were designed and how we are created, it would do us some good to look at the one who did the creating. It would do us some good to look at the one who is the creator. And what is so powerful and so special about him is this, and how it references to us today and this idea of being connected is this, is that God exists within community. God himself exists within community. We don't just see this stated in the Old Testament, but we see it reiterated in the New Testament as well. As a church, we just spent the last six weeks going through the first 18 verses in the Gospel of John, in that chapter 1 right there. And uh, we talked about it in a series called Who is Jesus? But I'd love for us to reference back to just the first two verses in John chapter 1. And here's what it says. Here's what John wrote. He said, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. As John's writing, and we talked about in the series about how when he's referencing the Word, he's referencing Jesus. Jesus is the second part of the Trinity. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Jesus would be that representation there of God the Son. And as John is writing these words right here, he's letting us know that the Word, that Jesus existed before anything else, that the Trinity that's there, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, existed before anything else was created, and they existed together in relationship and in community with one another. Before there was space, before there was time, before there was matter, before there was energy, before anything else ever existed, God existed in community with the, with the Trinity. That God existed in relationship. John echoes the first verses of Genesis that before anything else was created, 
that the Trinity, that God existed. And I get it. The Trinity can be a little bit of a difficult concept for us to wrap our minds around. To be able to try to fathom this idea about how big God is and that, that God can exist in three persons. That God can exist in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit simultaneously. And trying to wrap our minds around that theological idea. I get it. I, I have a hard time wrapping my mind around it as well. But even though we may struggle to wrap our minds around that concept, the truth that we can hold on to is that our God is relational. And from the very beginning, God existed in relationship with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. That God exists within community. God has always existed in a connected community. We could even go so far as to say this, that God is community. And so we land on this idea and this platform that, man, that God exists within community. That our Creator, the one who made us, exists within community. We begin to push forward a little bit further in Genesis 1, 26 and we get past the idea that, okay, he said, let us. But then he goes on to say, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. You see, we are created in the image of God. We are created. When he spoke us into existence, man, he brought us all together. And when he knit us together, when he formed us, he created us to be like him. And one of the ways that we are like him is that you and I, when we were created, God created us to connect in community. God created us to connect within community. You were not created to do life alone. One of the biggest lots that gets told to the church and gets told to Christians today is that we don't need other people. One of the biggest lies that we will buy into is that, well, I can, I can, I can just follow Jesus and I can just do this faith thing, I can just do this Christian thing on my own. No, you can't. And the reason that I say that is this, is that because when Jesus was posed the question, what are the, what's the most important command, right? He said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. We can't fully love God and we can't fully be followers of Christ if we're not loving others. And we're not surrounding ourselves with others and we're not putting ourselves in a position to be connected and experience relationships with others. You can't be a follower of Christ by yourself. It doesn't work that way. Followers of Christ, man, we have to experience community. You were created to experience community together. You see, God created us to be in connected community with others. We are not only just created in a relationship to be experienced, a relationship with God, but man, we are experiencing, supposed to experience relationships with others. We are like Legos, right? We were talking about how we are created just like Legos to be connected. And you probably have seen in different time periods and different moments in time, a Lego that's been connected with another Lego, right? Chances are you've seen a display. You might even be able to look behind me and see some Legos that are connected together. There's something cool about Legos that are connected together. They experience strength. You know, there's a, they experience connection. They experience purpose. They experience stability. But have you ever seen Legos that are not connected? Kind of like in a box? Don't serve a purpose. They're just kind of there. And what do they do? They just bounce around each other. They just kind of bump into one another. And unfortunately, I think that's a really great display of how oftentimes we live our lives. When we're disconnected, we're just like Legos in the box. They just kind of bounce around each other. And we'll say that we're connected, right? We'll say, hey, I, I, I'm connected with people. I've got relationships with people. I've got people that, that I do life with. I've got people that, that I experience. I mean, we talk on a daily basis. Man, we're always together, right? 
But I think for the most part, we use that as a little bit of an excuse, the fact that we, uh, we're acquaintances and that I know your name and I know a little bit about you, but we really don't know each other. We don't really experience life together. Oh, we go, we go we see each other every day at work, but for the most part, we're just Legos bouncing. Oh, I see, I see them at the ball field and they know my name. Oh, we, we go to church together. Or just Legos that are just bouncing off of one another. We don't really know each other. We don't really experience life together. Kind of a little bit like me and the fact that I'm guilty of this. Walking by somebody, hey, how you doing? And don't even really wait for the response. Just keep going because I got somewhere I got to go. Got something I got to do. Or, hey, how are you doing? Good. And that's kind of that's it, right? Just kind of keep moving. Oftentimes, I think that we're just like the Legos that just kind of bounce around, bounce off of one another, but we're never really connected. The problem is, too, is that we live in a world that wants us get disconnected. We live in a world that allows us to kind of really fall into that trap of being disconnected. And you ever wondered why that is? You ever, you ever wonder what's going on there? I do firmly believe the fact that it's the fact that we have an enemy who is actively at work against us. We have a spiritual enemy who would love nothing more than to distract you from the purpose and the plan that God has for your life. And make no mistake about it, God's purpose and plan for your life is that you would be connected with others, that you would experience relationships with others, that you would experience friendships with others. And we have an active enemy who is out there to try to distract you and to prevent you from experiencing what God has for you. The world is under his fluence of the evil one. The Bible says that Satan is the god of this world. And what does that mean? It means that there's a lot of stuff that happens in our world today that even though it may not seem bad on the surface, is meant to distract you from what God has going on in your life. And I think that there are two specific things, two specific ways that the enemy tries to use to keep us from connecting with others. The first one is busyness. Yeah, I know we don't like that. <laughs> but I think that for the most part, that we allow busyness to keep us from connecting. And we use it as a really good excuse as to why we don't connect with other people. We are probably more busier right now than we have been at any other time in our lives. And we allow the fact that we've got a lot going on and our calendars are filled up with all kinds of good stuff. And we're just busy. And we'll say, man, I, I, I'd, love, I'd love to connect with people. But man, my schedule is just so full right now. There's just so much going on. And then we kind of go a little bit further and say, but it's just a season. It's just a season of busyness. Anybody remember a season when they weren't busy? Can I tell you this, though? If you're too busy to connect, you're too busy. If you're too busy to connect with others, then you are too busy. Please hear my heart on this. There are things that every single one of us have to do. There's responsibilities that you have in life. I get it. I understand it. I'm with you, all right? And I'm not talking about connecting with everybody that's out there. But if you are too busy to connect with the people that God's placed in your life, then you are too busy. The thing that makes this even harder is that as much as that we don't want to admit it or say it, we like busyness. Our culture, we value busyness. We make busyness the badge of honor that we wear because when I'm busy, I must be valuable. When I'm busy, that means I'm important. When I'm busy, it means I'm in need and people need me or my job needs me or things need me. We wear it in such a way that even though we say, oh, I just can't wait for things to slow down, we don't really want it to slow down. 
Because when it slows down, we make this idea that, hey, I must not be as valuable as I thought I was. Probably we've even used that to describe maybe even the course of this week. Somebody were to ask you how you were doing. I'm good. Man, but things are just so busy. I've said that this week. Somebody asked me how I was doing. I said, I'm good. It's busy. But I'm good. But it's busy. We allow busyness to overtake our schedules. We allow busyness to overtake our lives. And we fill our schedules with all kinds of things that will keep us busy. But the problem is, is that busyness keeps us from being able to connect with others. And if you're too busy to connect, my friend, hear me on this. You're too busy. And maybe there's some things that we need to begin to take a, a deeper look at in our schedules that will help us to not be so busy so that we can have time to connect. Think about it. Think about it. I think another thing that is used to keep us from being able to connect with others is isolation. Now, hear me on this one. I think, I think we know about isolation more so right now than we probably ever have in our history. After the last several years, we know about isolation. We know about the idea about not being able to connect with people. We know about the idea about not being able to surround ourselves with others. And we live in a society and a culture that allows us to isolate ourselves really, really easy. For the most part, we don't have to leave our house unless we absolutely want to. I can do all of my shopping online. I can have food delivered to my house online. Guys, I did the first thing, for the first time this week, I did something I've never done before. We have a dog, most of you know that. I've talked about this, you know, rodent before. Um, but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I did something I've never done. I bought dog food online this week and had it delivered to my house. How lazy am I? <laughs> I did it because it was cheaper, though, just letting you know, all right? But I mean, I mean, for the most part, we don't have to. I can have food delivered to my house. I can have groceries delivered to my house. I can get, I can get movies delivered to my house. I don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to leave my house for anything unless I want to. We live in a culture that allows ourselves to be isolated. And I think sometimes what happens is we tried this whole connecting thing before. We tried being friends we tried experiencing meaningful relationships before, and it backfired. We got hurt. Somebody did something. Somebody said something. Somebody made us feel a certain way. And what we said was, you know what, this ain't worth it. You know, I, it, I, I don't need that drama. <laughs> I don't need that stress in my life. I don't need this. I, I, don't, I don't need every, all this negativity coming on. So what I will do is I'll just push back. And we don't say that I'll isolate myself, but what we do is we isolate ourselves from everybody because we got hurt, because we got burned, and we just think we don't need it anymore. And when we do that, we are actually doing more damage to ourselves than we ever dreamed. Let's go back to the creation story a little bit. Let's go back to Genesis 1. And as we are told about how God spoke the world into existence and how God created everything, what's really cool is that, man, at the end of each day, at the end of each account, we get the words where, where God steps back and he says, it is good, right? He comes back and he says, oh, man, created light, it is good. Created, created animals, it's good. Created plants and vegetation, created land, created all of it, it is good. And then we get to the account of where he creates human beings, and that's where we come to Genesis 1.26, but if we'll just kind of depart from Genesis 1.26 and jump over into Genesis 2, Genesis 2 gives us a little bit of a deeper description as to how God created mankind. And it says that he created man from the dust of the earth, and he breathed breath into his lungs, and, and man took a deep breath, right? And then we come to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, and here's what God says. 
Then the Lord God said, after he created man, it's not good for man to be alone. Everything else, God looks at it and says, it is good, it is good, it is good. And then all of a sudden he creates mankind and he says, this one thing isn't good. Sin hadn't entered the picture yet, right? We hadn't gotten to Genesis 3. The fall of man hasn't jumped into the picture yet. So this has got nothing to do with sin. But God said, it is not good for man to be alone. Now, oftentimes we look at this verse and we equate it to, to marriage, right? Because out of this will come Adam and Eve, right? This is, this is where we get that picture. And I don't disagree. I mean, I think that's a beautiful picture of what it is, right? Because God created the community of the family. It was the first community that he created. But it wasn't the only community that he created. He created villages. He created towns. He created cities. He created nations. He created the church as communities for us to exist in. And so it wasn't just the fact that the God's sitting here saying that it's, it's not good for a man to be married, what he says is it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for us to be by ourselves. It's not good for us to be alone. And if God says it's not good, then you better believe it's not good. Isolation is not good. You were not created to be by yourself. You were not created to be isolated. But here's the tricky part, especially about isolation, is that we can be surrounded by people and still be alone. You can be surrounded by a huge number of people sitting in rows, in four walls, with somebody on a stage, with a Lego man behind him, in a sea of hundreds of people, and still feel alone, still be isolated. And Let's go a step further. I'm so glad that you're here. On Sunday mornings, I don't want to be anywhere else than right here worshiping with you. But if we're honest, we're not really connecting right now. Okay? That doesn't negate what we're doing here. You do, we, we understand here, right? Okay, this is important what we're doing right now. But this is not connecting. Right now, you're sitting there listening to me talk. <laughs> That's what you're doing. But we come to church, for most of us, you know, several times, right, in a month. But I wonder how much connecting we actually do. Or are we more of just the Legos that are bouncing off of one another? When we come in here, we come in and we find our seats. We may say hey to a few people, right? We're not unfriendly. We're still friendly. Come in, shake hands, say hey to people. Ask them how they're doing. Hope they say good because I don't really have time to listen to anything else. <laughs> and then the music starts. The countdown goes. Right? Find my seat. Make sure I'm in the right spot. Worship starts. Lift my hands. Lift my voice. Pastor comes out. Preaches a word. We say amen. If I got kids, I go grab my kids real quick. Make my way to my car because we're going to lunch. How much connecting do we really do? It's easy for us to fall into the trap of being surrounded by hundreds of people and yet still being alone and still feeling isolated. You see, to connect, we've got to slow down. To connect, we have to do it intentionally. We have to intentionally allow ourselves to become vulnerable and risk the fact of getting hurt so that we can fulfill the purpose that God created us for to connect 
with others. We can get so caught up in our busy schedule and our isolation that we'll never fulfill our purpose that we were created for, and that includes connecting with others. And I'm allowing God to speak to me just as much as I hope that he's speaking with you right now. Because he's working on me in this area as well. That, Greg, stop being so busy. Stop acting like you got to be so busy. Slow down and connect. Slow down and talk to people. Slow down and actually be in relationship with others. And I believe that's what God's calling us to do over the course of this series is to slow down, not allow ourselves to become isolated, and to actually connect with others. So, what are we going to do with that? How are we going to do that, right? It's, it's, okay, I got it. Created to connect. Got it. Okay, supposed to be in community with other people. How are we going to do that? We're going to make it really simple for you today, all right? Today, before you leave here today, we're going to give you really two easy ways for you to be able to connect. The first thing is this. Is I recognize that weather is supposed to be, you know, a little bit of rain out there, but don't worry about the rain, all right? But outside, when we say amen today, there will be the Pelican Snowball Food Truck, all right? And I get that it's 1023, but that doesn't matter, okay? Because a, a snow cone is good at any time. <laughs> Here's what we want you to do. Typically, what happens is on a Sunday morning, as soon as we say the final amen, we're asking you guys to get out of here so we can get the next crowd in, right? And I still want that to happen. I still want you to get out of this room. <laughs> but I don't want you to leave, you got kids, I want you to go upstairs, I want you to go down the hall, I want you to get your kids. But I want you to go outside and I want you to go to the food truck and I want you to get a snow cone. It's on us. It's our treat for you today, all right? I want you to get your snow cone and I want you to hang out for a little bit and I want you to meet somebody new. I want you to see somebody that you haven't talked to in a couple of weeks and I want you to check in on them. I want you to find out how's it going. I want you to spend some time this morning connecting with some other people. Don't rush out of here. Don't do what we typically do, which is get out of here just as quickly as we can. Don't do that. Slow down. Don't be so busy. Slow down. Go get you a snow cone. Find some people that you haven't met before. Introduce yourself. Find somebody you had not seen in a while. Check in on them. And the second thing is this. A week from today, we start our fall semester of Connect Groups. Connect Groups are our small groups where we feel like it's a great environment for authentic relationships to be established and lived out. Next Sunday, we kick off our fall semester uh, I was talking with Pastor Luke, and we've got about 50 groups that are, being, that are going to be going on this fall. 50. Certainly out of one of those 50, there's going to be one that you might be able to connect with. Make yourself vulnerable. Sign up for one. And there's all kinds of groups. There's men's groups. There's women's groups. There's marriage groups. There's you know, basketball groups, and there's breakfast groups, and Bible studies, and everything else you can think of. I don't even know them all. Go talk to Pastor Luke. He does. Find a group and try it out. Just try it. Who knows what may happen? Who knows how your life might be changed because of the connections you make in a group? Because you were not created to do life alone. You and I, we were created to connect. So let's do that. Let's get connected. We you bow your heads with me? Father, we love you today. God, we thank you. We thank you for the way that you love us, for the way that you pour out your spirit into our lives, for the way that you show up every single day. God, we are grateful for the way that you created us. We're grateful for the fact that you exist within community. 
and you have created us to exist and to connect within community. Father, I pray that you would help us to not just hear that, but to begin to live that out. Some of us, we've been, we've been too busy. We've been too busy. I pray, I believe you're speaking to some of us right now about changing the schedule, changing priorities to help us to connect. God, some of us have, have been isolated and we've isolated ourselves because of, because of some things that have happened in our past and the way that we've been hurt in the past. God, I pray right now. God, that if healing hasn't taken place before, that it would begin to take place right now and that you would give us the courage to be vulnerable again. God, help us to be a church that doesn't just come together and worship, but a church that actually connects together. Allow us to be people that connect with each other. Father, we love you. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey, if you're comfortable with it, I'm going to ask if you would lift your hands as we prepare to pray over you today. Today, I bless you with courage and boldness. Pray that you would have the courage and the boldness to offer forgiveness, to step into healing, and to try friendships again. This week, God's going to give you opportunities to experience, to slow down, and to connect with others. Don't pass them by. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your heart as you experience genuine community the way that God created it to be. I bless you with that today. And now go in the powerful name of Jesus and share him with all those that you come in contact with this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, have a great week. We love you and we will see you next weekend for week two. Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at ucf.cc or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.